Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sam Neely. I'm Hunter Young. I'm Kyle Shaughnessy. And we, we are the Sons of Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> nice. I did it. You did it good. You like your voice dropped. It sounded Echo. nice. All right. Welcome, Kyle. This is Thanks for this having is one of, me, guys. One of our buddies. We had Jordan on in the last podcast. And now we got Kyle. And dude, you are officially a son of liberty he's, now. He's baptized into son. the Sons of Liberty. <laughs> Baptize me in a bottle of bean. Don't get copyrighted. We're gonna <laughs> not not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Imagine if Zach Bryan sponsored us. What would that look like? We just play a bit of his song as like Jordan cool. likes strums in the background. Yeah. Jordan likes sits in the corner where he belongs. I like that. <laughs> Kyle, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. Where, what's your story, man? How old are you? Where, um, how do you know us? How, how do you? How, how are you fortunate know to know us? Um, I'm Kyle Shaughnessy. I'm 20. I know Sam. I met Sam. Three years back at a at a youth group in the woods, um, Hunter I met. Uh, he played baseball for the local high school. Um, I had a friend on the team. That's how I met Hunter, um, and we all just kind of hang out, talk politics, talk religion. It's a good time. So that's how I know these guys. And like I said, I'm 20. I work in the HVAC industry. Um, I'm an HVAC service tech. Just finished EMT school, so those are kind of what I'm pursuing career wise. Uh, little bit about me okay so you're 20 and you are like you're you're certified in two different areas like two different completely different um i don't know fields of study you could say why why did you choose to take the career route yeah so i just knew that i wanted to have a skill to work with my hands um my dad's really good at working on on cars and that sort of stuff so it was always important to me to know how to work on things with my hands felt like it was part of being a man you know what i mean Mm -hmm. how to fix things how to work on things Um, my dad always had this ability to be like even if he never fixed it before just oh i know how to take care of that so that was something that i always wanted to pursue was was just working with my hands um, and then, uh, the first responder field has always been something that, that interests me a lot. Um, I toss back and forth between firefighter and cop. Um, so right now the, the plan is, is to, um, finish the, uh, to go to the fire academy. Um, I finished EMT school a couple months ago, took the civil service exam. Um, so I'm working as an HVAC tech. Uh, I started that actually a couple months before I graduated high school, um, so that's just kind of what I'm pursuing and, and the reasons behind it. I didn't want to take the college approach that so many of my peers were taking debt and, and that sort of stuff. It just wasn't something that, that intrigued me. Where'd you get that mindset of career over college? I think it was, I think it was a large part of homeschooling. Uh, a lot of homeschoolers on, on Cape Cod, uh, I think all of us at some point were homeschooled. And I think that was just something it's so bred in our high schools that you're preparing for college. There's so much focus on the SATs and the ACTs and all these tests. And it's like high school is not even a thing of itself to learn and grow. It's just like a stepping stone of like, we're going to put, get you to college and that's Mm -hmm. where you're actually going to take off. And homeschoolers don't really have that mindset. It's, it's job, it's career. It's what are you going to do with your life? It's, far more family orientated. And when you ask that question of like, how am I going to, how am I going to provide for a family? How am I going to be the leader of a household, especially as a man in a Christian environment? I was taught that you're going to be the, the head of a household. So there wasn't that kind of uh, cut, 
looseness with money of like, oh, it is what it is. Like, we'll find a way. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like you work to make a living. You go to school to work. Um, so the focus was was on focus was more on career over over uh, schooling. Exactly what you said. Not that schooling's wrong. It's just it's a stepping stone towards career, not the other way around. Yeah, crazy thought. You actually go to school for what you plan to work. <laughs> working and you you know that hey when i get out of this school i will or schooling or whatever i'll be able to make money at this not just get a psychology degree and hope for the best <laughs> or a gender studies degree. gender studies major. i mean college is basically a pyramid scheme at this point if you think about it like oh, gen- you what have, is a pyramid scheme i've heard that word thrown around what do you mean by a pyramid? well it's scheme? like you don't you're not actually like producing anything like it's just like it's you're sending kids to college you asked me a tough question. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard it explained, like, a lot of people would talk about it with, like, some of these, like, classes they teach. And it's like, I'm like, what are you going to school for? I'm going to school for gender studies. Well, what do you do once you're gender studies? Oh, I teach gender studies. And yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, so yeah. you graduate. It's circ- Exactly. It's like, it's like you get people to follow you and then they, those people follow. But you're never actually, nobody's following anything. You're just following the person in front of you. That's huh. the pyramid. You just get yeah. a couple people under you who are following you. And they're all just looking up at the top person. But there's nothing of sustenance at the top. It's yeah. just you're all following the person under you. And if you can sell this to this many people, and I would absolutely agree with the one of you that said that college can be a pyramid scheme. Because so many of these classes, it's like you graduate and your options are it's a piece of paper that hangs on your wall or you go into teaching to teach that thing to more people. Yeah, yeah. that you don't even actually use in like real life algebra. for anything. Yeah. I mean, I know algebra can be used. Can be used to like, you know, build buildings and yeah. but that was engineering definitely, stuff. I mean, originally college was good because it was founded by Christians. Like the first colleges were all Christian colleges. Like Harvard, Harvard was, used to be a Christian college. It was college. originally Christian. Yep. And it was under the idea like you'd be teaching kids theology, the study of God, which is like the most important thing that you could possibly study. But now you have it's deviated so many different ways to things that are just, I mean, not completely irrelevant. But I mean, you need you need people to work on the bridges. Like not everyone is smart enough to be a a pastor or to be something that like an academic kind of person like some people and not that's everyone not bad. is um lazy enough to be an academic well i was gonna <laughs> say that same thing I, I think that's a huge uh foundation of the lie that kids have been sold is that you're not smart enough i don't want to like brag on myself but n- very few kids i know anywhere near my age could do what i do have the knowledge a lot of what I do is reading manuals and and scheming out wiring diagrams and uh, going through the individual components and taking apart and putting back together things. There are tons. I mean, I get paid the same as 30, 40 year olds who work at our company who are at the same level as I am. So I think that's a huge, not to call you out or anything. Well, no, I was more so referring to like, not everyone can be like a philosopher. Not everyone's going to be like those things where you're like, you're studying like, books like you're studying not everyone's wired that way exactly i think a huge part of that goes to the gifts god gives us though he says like in the bible i forget i always forget where it is but it talks about like some of you are called to be teachers and preachers and prophets apostles like evangelists like god just the same as we all have different spiritual gifts but that's the same way like god created us to be individual and unique and this just mass producing of trying to make kids Cookie the cutter. same of yeah. like this model of like just like stamp and press out the next and it's like 
doesn't work that way. Yeah, and there, there are certain kids, like, they know how to take a car apart at, like, nine years old just by messing with yeah. it and figuring it out. And, like, they're so – that's something that they should be pushed to do instead of, like, they go through all these classes. They're learning all of these this advanced math that you don't really – you're not going to need. if you, Like, some kids just know what they want to do yeah. from an early age, and it's like we well, discourage in that, it. In that case, um, you, make, you make a good point, uh, and I think that's an interesting question. Uh, topic to get into but in that case if you're before you're a kid who likes to tinker and take things apart and put them back together i feel like you should be pushed into the harder math like the the stuff that has to do with absolutely the the brainy the brainy stuff i don't know but like if you're into writing well then put all of your efforts towards writing like i'm saying if you're if you're the parent if you're homeschooling if you actually have get to decide what your kids are learning okay have them invest their time into their gifts yeah develop their gifts absolutely and that's how it used to be because I, I was talking to a buddy about this the other day and they were just – there. I, I actually got a question for you guys at the end of this. I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. But he was talking about how like college and like all these career paths, they're good, but like you never had that back in the day. Like if your dad was a candle maker, you were – your dad taught you, your dad trained you, your dad was college. You did your your mom taught the her, their daughters how to cook, how to clean, how to sew, how to knit, how to make clothes, how to do that sort of stuff. And like the parents were the college, so it's good and it's bad because it like kids have more options, kids can pursue more venues. But I'm just curious what you guys think of that. If you thought it was better back then, where it was all centralized in the family and the family is what trained you for your career. Cause we started this conversation talking about how college is meant to prepare you for a career. So I'm curious what you guys think, if you think the general structure of having to go outside of the home to pursue a career, if you guys think that has more pros than cons and just sort of what you guys think about it, if that question makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think there's more yeah. pro to there are, there are more benefits to having, to staying in the home, um, and to learning, and to learn what your parents do, and just continue the family legacy. I think there's yep. something very honorable in that inherently. It's something respectful of the parents, um, but at the same time, it's not wrong to go outside the home. I mean, it wasn't everybody back in the day. Yeah, not everybody back in the day did that. Sure. You hear you hear tons of stories who people of kids who left home. They went out there. They're the parents knew, the parents saw these kids' extraordinary gifts, and they said, I can't teach that. I don't have the ability, so they sent them, they sent them away, whether yeah. to a boarding school or to be an indentured servant under uh, someone who is an expert in that field, yeah. and they could learn under them and grow up under them until they went into it themselves. Um, or they went to college at, like, I don't know, 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> He just went off to learn, depending on the gifts that they had. Absolutely. Uh, but if it was more agricultural, which was kind of the majority of people, then you stayed home. Yeah. Because nobody's leaving home. Nobody's going to college to learn how to farm when you live on a farm. Yeah. You know, so it depends on the field you're getting into. But at the <laughs> same <field>. time, <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, we're gonna have it's a pun. Good. We're gonna have a pun. We're gonna have a pun counter actually on the. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. ding. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> well, I think to your point, like it's got to be. I think it's got to be a little bit of a healthy mix of both, like your parents and also acknowledging that, hey, this kid's really interested in like, he wants to be a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, so I can teach my kid how to do this. Yep. But also, I think that there's something to be said about like people throughout history, like always had a trade, something that they could yep. go back to when things weren't working out. Like Jesus was a carpenter Absolutely. and he was, I bet he was doing that 
throughout. Like he never stopped years, doing that. Yeah, at least. So I think that that's one thing that we, you have people who go into college and then like they, then they, they get their four year degree and then they have to go do an internship after they get out of college. And it's like, I mean, some it's good if you're doing internship in college, but there's so many people, like I saw, like there was like a fame, there was like a viral TikTok that a girl was like, I've spent however much money on college yep. and I'm coming out here and I'm making like $20 an hour yeah. when someone who was, you can literally make $20 an hour doing anything Flipping in, burgers. In, in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you have to have a mix of like apprenticeship is one of like the best way you can learn. You learn by doing it. Yeah. If you're sitting in a classroom the whole time and partying, then Absolutely. you're not going to learn a lot of kids. So do you think more kids go to college because they want the quote college experience or their parents pressure them, them into it? Both. Both. I was just yeah. going to say though, I think it's such a failure for parents because I think so many parents view their kids going into college like that's the success and People say it about like marriage all the time. You hear like so many people view like marriage as like the end and it's like the start. And I feel like a lot of like just friends, parents that I've heard talking, they almost talk about college as that that's like the success. Like my kids succeeded. They got into school. And it's like, I think a lot of parents stop parenting after the kids get into college. And I think that's, well, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that's why a lot of kids come out of college totally different than they went in because i think parents view this college as this like they're 18 they're an adult like you're totally like parenting doesn't end when the kid turns 18 and goes to school so i think some of it is is pressure from the parent i think a lot of it though like i was saying is pressure from the school system of like everything is built and they're getting better with more tech schools and more trade schools but so much of it is curated for Colleges. Colleges. Four, four year bachelor degrees and literally anything. anything. Yeah. Whatever you want. Well, yeah. part of the thing with the more trade schools is because the trades are dying for people. Like you ask dying. any tradesperson, like they're they're old. Like the average age of a plumber is like sixty or something stupid. And I don't know yeah. what it is for HVAC. But... I saw on a recent podcast, uh, they were talking about like, you know, the guy, the the guest, he he was saying like, oh, you know, in in ten years, people are you know people are going to be posting videos on YouTube like the the secret way to make money, and it's literally just going to be become a plumber, like the secret Plumber's way to make millions money. of dollars quickly. It's a crappy job like, though. <laughs> ding. Two. Two. <laughs> like literally, just become a plumber, become a electrician. Good but the thing is, like, you HVAC. can do that, and you can do something that's like more quote unquote like academic. Like you can be most pastors should have like or, or tend to have other jobs on the side yep. that can make money and that provides for their family and i think that that's what we miss is like we say oh i, I have to pick one career and i'm going to do that for my life like this is going to be my career and it's like it doesn't have to be that way like you can bounce around and stick with one thing and try something else and i don't know why we have this idea that you have to stick with one thing like your whole entire life it's the b move a job and you stick with it till you die and you're right you don't have to do that a lot of plumbers if my lifespan was two days i might be okay with that fair, fair enough but. you can't pay attention for two days. What are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> um but no i think that's super interesting so i'm curious what you guys think about it i mentioned something about it do you put so i think the, the start of this conversation we're talking a lot about like the college scam and charlie kirk book i think that's what it's called right yeah. the college scam um a little bit about what we're talking about but i'm curious who you guys put most of that responsibility on? Is it the family? Is it the individual? Because a lot of people, like older people, especially you hear, oh, kids are just lazy or kids are just dumb or kids are just foolish. Like, 
ultimately I, I think it's put on on the church because I think the church is where a lot of the issues start and the church fails a responsibility. But I'm curious what you guys think. Do you put it more on the church, on the culture in general, on the individual, on the family, parents? Like this this fraud that is college and these kids going into college and getting indoctrinated, whose fault is that? I think you could do it you could do it right from the bottom up. Like it's it's the family is ultimately the first education that they're with the kid for the for even now with the for the first five or six years. Yeah. So it's that's those are the the Bible says that if you train up a child in the way that they should go, even in their old age they won't depart from it. Yeah. And that principle is like if you're a dad, like you've got to be discipling your kids. Like your kids should be your number one ministry. And I think that we've lost that. And we, you send your kids to daycare at like three, or younger. Or younger. Yeah. And you send your kids, and it's like, what are you doing? Like you, there's, there's, a, there is that responsibility. Kids to, are kind of treated as an inconvenience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what that's why you have you have men and women both working now. That in. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. And so we have like a whole culture that's, it, it should start with the family, but also again, like the church. Sam, do you have anything to say before I go on a rant? Okay. So yes, bottom up. But if the colleges were not indoctrinating our kids and were actually providing them with a good education that gave them a good job and wasn't, um, absol- and wasn't giving them crippling debt, if the college's education system was functioning properly, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, because it's working. Yep. So we're not gonna. But indi- would it- we're not gonna indict the family, even if the family's slacking on its job. We're not gonna. If it was, if the college system was working, we wouldn't be going to the family and wagging our finger at them. But can however, it? However, but can it work if the family's not involved in the education of their kids? And the Bible would. Well, I'm saying yeah. strictly on the college level. Yeah, I think because. I'm- we let we let the Marxists take over in the early 1900s, and then everything. The families, I, I I would argue, it started in the colleges, and then those people who went to college, who became either you know radical feminists or just experienced, I don't know the the aftershocks of the sexual revolution in the 60s that came out of the the Marxist indoctrina- indoctrination in colleges across America. They they began to raise their children with an understanding of oh you just go to college that's what you do. Yeah, um, I honestly feel like a lot of parents have been duped. How many good like good kids do you know who went off to college and they come back and it's like what happened to them? And the parents are what happened to them? I feel like a lot of I don't I don't want to give the parents a, a free pass, but my opinion on it, I feel like a lot of parents are just duped. And I put a to fix that I put it on my like people my age kids my age who are getting out of school and not going to college i mean none of us went conventional college right after high school i put a lot of it on us to fix because it's like i talk about my experience as much as i can what i make how successful i am like like not that i'm uber successful or anything but it's like i feel like like people will i'll talk to customers and their kids will be off at school and they'll be like make what doing what and how like yeah it's like it's like foreign to them and i feel like as a culture we've almost like tricked parents and not to give parents a a, like a a way out of like just be like oh like it's not your fault but it's like so many parents i feel like have good intent when they send their kids off to school like you said they trust these schools these schools that used i mean 
I know people who go to like Christian schools, they got Christian schools and the things that go on at those schools are like, like, what are, what are we doing? And that's what the comment I made at the start. I think a lot of it goes back down to the churches and how the church let the culture get like this and what's going on in the churches. But that's a separate conversation. I think we're talking mostly colleges right now. But I, I feel like a lot of parents got tricked into sending their yeah. kids off to school and they get back a product that they never ordered. It's like when you order something online and it's like, this is not what was advertised. Yeah. But we can't sue the colleges for false advertising. Well, yeah, I mean, they would all sue us to high heavens right back. We'd all lose all our money. Because they sit on, these Ivy League schools just sit on tens of billions of dollars in, like, subsidized government. by the federal government. They are, like, most colleges in America are subs subsidized by the federal government, which fuels, like, how, exp that's why they can just keep jacking up prices because... One, the, the loans are subsidized. They know yeah. they're getting the money. You can't, um, I don't think you can go bankrupt on a college loan. No, I think that's the only unbankruptable student loan. loans. Yeah. yeah. I declare. <laughs> but I think that you can't like we're, we're it is definitely like there is something to say about the colleges are just completely godless and they're not teaching the Bible. But also at the, this point, it's like, well, what do we, we can blame the colleges all we want. But what do we do? And I think that the churches like I like the idea of every church having a school like associated with it. And that's very, in the early church, almost all churches had a school attached to it for the kids because they knew that who are we going to get? We're going to let Rome educate our kids. We're going to let Greece educate our kids. And it's like, we have to have, if we're not working up from the Bible and everything's coming from the Bible, then what are you going to expect them to learn? Yeah. You're going to learn about, all, uh, homosexuality in, in Greece because that's all they did over yeah. there. Yeah. And you're going to learn Love about, Greece. I don't know. Worldly philosophy. I mean, worldly, it's not, yeah, yeah. Worldly philosophies. I was trying to be funny, but it didn't come <laughs> off funny at all. So, but yeah, uh, so that's why I think, I think the church needs to take back the responsibility and really say, well, like we can't expect the, the godless to teach the Bible. Yeah. Why would we expect that to happen? And, and I think it, the, the naivete with parents, as far as, um, blindly trusting the education system and it's less so now than it used to be but it just it's confusing that they they say oh my my kid my I have, you know my kids are good you know we go we go to church like even if it's good solid um even if it, uh, good it's solid christian yeah. family sound teaching like they they go to youth group they go to sunday morning church like many 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 people we know um like every every christian family you know basically uh but they spend how many hours a week in public school so like the scale is like and then you wonder why they get so out of high you school step on it or um what? <laughs> was that a number three that wasn't really a pun that, that, was, was, just a that was just, just a clever <laughs> insult <laughs> but the scale i'm telling you but yeah but that's i mean <laughs> i just got it <laughs> <laughs> um but no i think that with where we're at now like we can it's good to look back and see like how we got where we're at but I, like again like the churches need to say let's stop sending our kids to public universities that don't teach like because if your education isn't founded off the, the off of the bible anyway like what are you learning all right so let me ask you a question that young christian man biblical principles if a parent for whatever reason came to you and said hey i got a two-year-old son you, you map out what his education should look like. Just a, a brief overview of, like, you talked about 
training in the home with the mother and then some type of a homeschool church school and then career path like what what advice obviously you're not a you're not a a parent but you've been through the schooling system and as somebody who's been through the schooling system in this day and age you know what it's like you know the hurdles the difficulties either one of you you homeschooled you more public schooled how would you guys advise a a child a, a young child on on what to do so maybe maybe advice to a kid of like hey this is what's going to be important this is the mindset this is money so instead of advice to parents put it advice to kids but what what would you advise a kid because it's not easy growing up in this culture it's no. like you want to go to public school that's where p- friends are and a lot of homeschoolers are weird and then it's like am i going to there's a lot. It's not super easy. No, it's not. So, I hear a lot of public schoolers are pretty weird too. That's just also so. True. This is also <laughs> they balance true. out. You don't meet the as scale. Many the scale. You meet more drug dealer public schoolers <laughs> and more nerdy homeschoolers. But pick your poison. Which would you rather have? <laughs> Nerds or I'd drug dealers? <laughs> fentanyl or calculus? Which one? Um. Oh no, gosh. so die I of boredom or die of fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Probably that. Shouldn't be <laughs> no, no. I'd say. Well, you're saying as a kid, like, what what would, advice would I give to two yeah, year old so, me? No, switch yeah. from two year old. Go to go to like a fourteen year old. Like, okay. hey, actually, I have an, I'm I have growing an up in this world. He has an I have an answer to your first question. Sure. Okay. Prioritize. Um, find, I would tell the parent, hey, you need to incentivize question asking communicating and critical thinking like healthy communicating critical thinking or honestly maybe you could even say arguing like like you want the kid to not to grow up being a i don't know for lack of a better term a rabble rouser someone that'll just like that'll cause problems if if the system or whatever he's in is not uh doing thing doing something most efficiently or in accordance with the truth so I think the number one way you do that, you achieve those two things, is by removing the grading system for your kids. And you incentivize writing and uh, and public speaking and uh, public debates with with you know structure and guided rules. And you take and you have uh, them and a ton of memorization. You have them reread. You have them read a chapter. Uh, and you also no kids books. Kids books are stupid. Have them reading. J- have them reading Jane Austen at eight years old and they'll never know in 10 years, they'll never know the difference. Um, they'll, the, the, they'll, there are people in the public school who graduate and can't even read. So there's no reason to not start them on very, you know, intense classical books, very young, um, and have them read a chapter, tell you what the chapter was about. Let's say pride and prejudice. Like, Oh, this was about, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Darcy went out on a date. I don't know. I didn't, I listened to the book barely. Um, so I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, do as I say, not as I do, <laughs> but, uh, you know, have them tell you what the chapter was about. This is just an example. And then have them reread the chapter and then finish the book and write an essay on it. Like, and then don't grade them, just talk to them a lot. So it's a ton of work on the parents part. You can't just, you know, there's no yes or no. It's, it's not a true or false situation. That's not, that's how you create a, it's not multiple choice. It's not true or false. Um, it's. It's all essay questions. This is how you create someone who's going to think for themselves, not someone who's going to just fall in line and sit down and shut up when they're told to. Yep. So that's how I was. That's how I went through high school. I was received a classical education. I'm better for it. I didn't. 
I wish I did it better, but because you put into it, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't get it, get graded, it really is up to you on how well you're going to do. Because um, it's really a lot of self learning. Uh, but if I I know some people who are just who have never gotten graded in their life, as far as I as far as I know, and are just the smartest individuals, one of the smartest individuals that I know around my age. So. Yeah. I would say, well, I grew up in public school my whole life, basically up until junior year of high school. Yep. So I would say that the biggest thing that I'm going to try to emphasize with my kids is having the the foundation. Not that I mean, my parents are going to watch, and they did an outstanding job parenting me, and like I'm so grateful for the culture that we're in. Like I'm so blessed to have the parents that I did. Um, but I would say that. Like there's so many lies like in the public schools you're gonna be hit like and not that you're gonna send your kids to public schools but they're gonna be around these kids if they play yeah. sports if they go anywhere outside of the house yeah so you're gonna have to say like your foundation has to be in the Bible like they have to be skilled in the word of truth they have to absolutely they have to understand like the ins and outs of the Bible before anything else basically and because if they don't have that then they're gonna see all these other things and they're gonna be pulled this direction pulled this direction and pulled this direction. And it goes back to the same scripture that they won't fall away if they learn it when they're young. And I think another thing too is that if you're a you're if you're a son, your father has to be your number one biggest discipler. And if you're a girl, then your mother has to be your number one biggest discipler. Like we shouldn't offload that to to somebody else. Like it has to be very. That's the most personal thing. I mean, you're gonna know your. You should know your kids more than the TikTok algorithm knows your kids. And oh, a lot of parents don't. That. And the Chinese government knows your kids. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you have that has to be like there has to be that that dialogue and there has to be that like this is the way things are like that's one of the things like re- like rebellious kids is a big issue now because we uh, the Bible says do not spare the rod, <laughs> spank <laughs> your kids, spank them, <laughs> and well that's like the biggest thing is like if you're an adult like you know more about the world than your kid. So yeah. like you shouldn't be you like you shouldn't just follow your kids' lead and let them do whatever yeah. they want and chop them up if they want to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Side note. Yeah. Talking about trends. But anyways, to to bring it back, like the it's Gay? it goes. <laughs> I said nothing wrong. I just said a word. Gosh. You meant happy. He's happy. Right? He's just happy. happy to be here. The sons of liberty. <laughs> <laughs> we need to like that's my big focus is going to be on on the family because that's what like to quote what does Vivek Ramaswamy say. The, oh, the, the, I'm just a small time boy with the weird name. Sorry, that was Obama. Actually, <laughs> he's uh, a plant. No, he's a plant. Is Vivek a plant? Never mind. Sorry. Anyway, no, 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 no. The I'll nuclear family that. is the greatest form. Like it's the That's the most what, is what he said. Is, is the most, most is the basic, greatest form of government. It's the greatest government. form of government, and it's the most Governance, basic yeah. form of government. It's instituted by God. It was the first form of government instituted by God. So we should focus on that. That's going to be my focus, and I, I mean, we can get like I, what you said is, is certainly good, but I think that. If we're not doing it off of the foundation of the Bible and that the Bible is the word of God and is true, then it's all going to be all for naught. Yeah. You can have the smartest kid in the world without what people say wisdom is knowledge applied. Yeah. Um, knowledge, often biblical knowledge. But I, I agree with that 100%. If your kid doesn't have wisdom and you don't, and that goes to your point a little bit about teaching them how to think. That's one of the greatest things that um, I went to a private school for two years uh freshman, sophomore year, um, before I started taking some college classes. And that was the biggest thing for me is I knew how to read questions and figure out the answer, true or false. I could do it in my sleep. If 
but the first time I was like taught to think was a Christian school attached to a church and it was it was graded still but it was how do you think like why what it would be like every question I think of one teacher we had specifically but the way it was formatted it was be like you'd give an answer and be like well where'd you get that from and you'd be like well where'd you get that from I know well, where'd you get that from and you you go all the way back and you're like oh my gosh I don't even this know this is rooted in something that is no good that like you were saying about the true or false, it, you're just asking for fruit answers. And it's like, what is the root of what you are teaching? And I think that goes to a lot of the classical education you were talking about. It's like, what are you actually learning? Like, what are mm -hmm. you saying? Why? And it's like teaching somebody how to think, how to think out loud, how to talk in front of people. Um, I think that's all really yeah, good. It's better to ask guys. why, not what. Like, yeah. Obviously, if you're learning science, you should, there's, you're not going to debate. There are certain things you just don't debate because they're scientific laws. But like, Obviously, there are some things that are true and some things that are false, but I, we're speaking, <laughs> we're speaking, all things are subjective. Um, we're speaking from a... Uh, flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a straw, man. It's a dome. It's a dome. <laughs> I'm a donut earther. <laughs> Where's, where'd the munchkin go, you guys? It's just context. context. <laughs> munchkin is the moon, <laughs> like separated from the donut. What were you saying, Sam? I don't remember. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try remember. to reel it in. <laughs> reel it in a little bit. So that's that's all good, and that's that's head knowledge of, well, not all head knowledge. Hopefully it, it makes its way down to the heart, too, of, of wisdom, teaching your kids thinking, teaching your thing, kids inductive, deductive reasoning. But more so, um, I'm curious what you guys think uh, on well, kind of what we started this on is, what about the working with your hands? So switch that question from mm. advice you're giving to a, a parent with young kids to and I think this is something I mentioned earlier. I think as males, 18, 20, in that range, like we should be seeking every opportunity, whether it's younger siblings or younger people in our church, we should be seeking opportunities to pour into the next generation and not the next generation, like 15 years after us, but five years younger than us. You know what I mean? Fine. I think everybody should be a disciple, have a disciple, I think that should you should have somebody who's discipling you and you should have somebody you're discipling. That's just a little side note. I think it keeps you kind of on track. But I'm curious, what what about if a 14-year-old boy came up to you guys and was like, hey, like I just got out of middle school. I'm a freshman in high school. Like, What advice do you have career-wise? You guys both do different things, kind of did a couple different things after after high school. But as somebody, again, who went public school system, homeschool system who went through that high school phase of like learning and working and whatever what advice would you give career specific advice so not biblical advice because obviously christ has to be your number one or everything else is a failure um jesus is lord he's number one if he's not number one in your life good luck with that <laughs> bad idea been there done that bad idea but not on that end of things on the end of just career like hey working with my hands, going to college, what advice would you give to a 14-year-old, 15-year-old boy? I'm just curious. If, I feel like a lot of what we're talking about is college and career, and I'm just curious yeah, what well, you guys I think, would say again, to that. You brought up the uh, thing of how in history you did what your your parents did. Like you, if your dad was a candle maker, you okay, were a candle I'm maker. I'm a 14-year-old boy, Hunter. Okay. Career, all right, all right, career well, advice. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know either. I'm only 18. <laughs> <laughs> We're 18. We're screwed. Well, We're I'm screwed. curious. I'm just no, curious no, no. having gone through high school already. Yeah. So four years. I mean, what did you wish you knew four years ago? 
I wish I, oh gosh, I wish I wasn't a, such a turd. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a turd. <laughs> Just don't be a turd. Hashtag Grow up. Don't be turd. Hashtag don't be turd. Grow up, read books, and I don't know, stop watching porn, I guess. That's good that's, advice. That's good. Biblical. <laughs> yeah. That's biblical. Well, I, I was know. getting to the point of like honor your father and mother. But, uh, you asked a career question. Career so. question. But I'm saying but that ties sets into you, that sets you up when you when you live a healthy lifestyle. That sets you up to um, okay, living a healthy lifestyle. Okay. I just don't know what to do for work. I don't know what to what to best set myself. Okay, up to I do a ton of different career. things like part time, and then just see what sticks. See what you like. See what you enjoy. Because you don't want to get stuck in something that you hate. Like I don't have a full time job. I just do a bunch of little things. Um, and I'm happy with that at this point. And I'm just well, still seeing it. Like, I, hopefully, hopefully something sticks. So, so pursue a variety of endeavors. Yeah, if, yeah. Be- yeah, if you want to try something, go try it. Like, yeah. that would be my thing. Is like I would, I would always be so hesitant to be, oh, well. Don't, don't get analysis paralysis. Just yeah. do it. Like, yeah, because you're young. You've got energy. You've got time to be awake. You've got time to, to try different things. So that's what I'd say is, like, don't, like, box yourself into, like, oh, I, I want to be this and I have to be this or else, like, it's not going to work because there's going to be, what is it, like, God uh, sees our plans and, and laughs. Yeah. And it's like, that's just that. I mean, that what I would say, like, I don't, because I don't have my, like, career figured out either. So, like, I would just say, if you want to try something, try it. Like, just go, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't let fear control you. And uh, you'd be surprised. Like, I'm surprised at, like, the things, like, when I actually, like, my biggest thing was like not going all in on things and just kind of being like one foot in like, Oh, I kind of want to try this, but not really. And it's like, you're not going to get anything out of something if you just are halfway. Like yeah. Jesus. Don't half yeah. ass two things. Full ass one thing. There we go. As the saying goes. Yeah. Full donkey. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Isaac is watching. <laughs> Isaac, I'm sorry, buddy. Wait, he is? Yeah, he's watching. I told him to subscribe and like for the algorithm. And for the algorithm. But um. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I would say like try different things. Don't be afraid. Like don't let what your friends are doing like discourage you. That was one of the biggest things that I did when I was 14 is like my friends would like laugh at the things that I would do. And I would laugh at the things that like there would be something and I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that. Yeah, nice. Like that's smart. And like that's just so unhealthy. Like surround yourself with a group of guys who are going in the same direction that you're going. And um, guys that will hold you accountable and won't just sit around and smoke weed with you yeah, yeah. smoke so. cigars not weed there's a difference don't smoke weed smoke jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't advise 14 year olds to smoke cigars probably probably, probably isaac not. no cigars, no no cigars. cigars. <laughs> this is the lecture i forgot we were talking to a 14 year old <laughs> this is the lecture isaac podcast <laughs> wait wait is this literally why you're saying that is he for is isaac 14 isaac i'm sorry i don't know how old you are Comment below. <laughs> Everybody comment below your age. Everybody ask Isaac how old he is in the comments. <laughs> I think Isaac's 13 or 14. He's in eighth grade. All right. But yeah, but in eighth around grade. Around that age. Yeah. Yo, they, Isaac, pass the weed. No. No. Isaac, don't. Dandelions. Oh, uh, any other kind of weed. God. <laughs> that wasn't a Cut. Point. Was Cut. <laughs> No, all right. Anyways, where Wait, are we going to... Four gonna... or five, where are we at? No, the buttons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, where are we going to go with this from here? We talked about education. We talked about the different, like, parenting. We talked about all kinds of different things. Where... We could get into the flat earth. 
No, <laughs> I don't. I, I need. I need to do my research before we. Yeah, put something that, that on we the internet <laughs> relatively like. I mean, we surely know a lot about parenting because we've all parented. No, that's yeah. why I was trying to ask the no. questions more as like having been a kid on because you don't know what you're gonna parent. Like, yeah. actually, I hate that. I hate when people are like, oh, you don't know till you do it, and it's like I actually have a whole book called the Bible, and like this is right. And uh, I'm gonna go on a rant for go, thirty seconds. Go here. ahead. But I feel like it's such baloney of like people with all these opinions i was thinking about it earlier i was like all these christian parents who do things that are wildly unchristian just because they just that's how they want to do things and it's like you don't get to like when you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior he is your savior awesome he saves you people aren't like oh i only want to be saved sometimes they always want to be saved but they only want him to be the lord sometimes and it's like Parents have to, and as three guys who all at one point have want to be parents, parents have to shape up and follow Christ in everything, in everything. They have to be, and that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but it's like, I see so many parents and I'm just like, wow, that is wildly unbiblical and you live in that. Like I have a friend of mine and their mother is just a wild gossip, like just wild. And it's like, it's like, that is exceptionally unbiblical like and you just accepted it as like part of your like character trait and that's such like a failure on like a husband and like a family and it's like i don't know parents have to follow christ in everything so this idea that like you can't know something till you go through it sure you might not know exactly how difficult or whatever but i think i can absolutely lay out the principles of how a parent should parent based off what i don't know the savior of the universe says yeah. like i feel like that's yeah. a pretty good place to start read and the bible find that... other parents that you do admire i mean there are plenty that we don't and we, we that are unbiblical find biblical parents exactly ask them how they did it you know but i feel like there's so much in the bible that we just like ignore the bible yeah. has information on so many things on work ethic on on honesty on staying out of discipline debt. staying out of <laughs> debt there are so many there are so many things that the bible talks about well people, everything people people want to use the bible when they talk about like forgiveness and compassion and it's like the Bible's a lot more in like Jesus wasn't this dude who's just like like you said he worked he did things like he wasn't just this dude who was just like home love each other hippie like, Jesus hippie yeah hippie Jesus and it's like Jesus has things to say about disciplining your kids and disciplining yourself and like I don't know there's so much in the Bible that I feel like so many people just decide to ignore yeah who knows but the Bible has something to say about everything I mean we act like slavity. Flavity, it says about the shape of the earth. It's a science textbook. <laughs> no. Potentially. Potentially. We are, the verdict is still out. Later podcast coming, Flat Earth podcast. <laughs> Flavity, Flat Earth, Gravity for those, those who don't know. Believers. <laughs> Isaac, look at you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think it all goes back again to the, like, the family. Like, your kids are going to obviously look at you and, like, your example. And again, like, that goes back to the thing that I said about... Like if you're a dad, like you've got to be your the your kid's number one disciple. Like you've got to be. That's if it's not going to be you, it's going to be someone else. And is that what you want? Like, what's the point of having a kid if you're just going to let someone else parent your kid? Basically, yeah. I don't understand the point of. Uh, it's kind of just like a, a list that we. Ch- oh, I have a kid. Check. So, we as obviously you know, brothers in Christ and and close friends. There, you, you brought up something that I think would be really cool to, to uh, talk about, which is that we all need, you, you basically were saying, we all need each other to get through this life, and uh, we need to rely on one another, um, and we have, we have such an opportunity to like 
be men of God if we would just like humble ourselves and confess some sin and shut up and like listen for once yeah and stop being stupid um so and we all try to keep each other accountable absolutely uh i don't know like i i think it'd be beneficial to get into that a little bit talk about how we you know how, how the bible um our friend our friend Seamus always says you know and he always quotes the the passage in james where it says uh you know you go to god to be justified, but you you confess you confess your sin to God to be justified. You confess you confess to your brother to be healed, and in the American church, especially, we've lost that idea of confession, uh, and that is such a huge part of walking with your brother. Um, Celtics won, by the way. That's Celtics, cool. Celtics won. Hey, anyway, this I'm is really a New England podcast. NBA scores. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, oh. confession is such a uh, pivotal part of I don't know of of our of our walk as brothers in Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to talk about yeah. our group a little bit? If you'd like and, to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Seamus quotes, I think it's two different passages. Okay. I think one's in Romans. I think the one that he quotes about, about confessing to Christ to be forgiven. I think there's one in James about confessing to your brothers uh, to be healed. Okay. Um, but I do think it's so important. I, I think so many of people try to do life alone and it's like, the very first thing before sin had entered the world, the first thing that God was like, no good was man to be alone. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so many of these times we try to go through life alone without good guys around us, without people who are discipling us, without people who are pouring into us. And it's like the, one of my favorite verses all time is the darkness hates the light. And in the presence of the light, the darkness has to flee cannot abide it, cannot exist. You cannot coexist darkness and light. And I think that's so important to like what you're talking about in confession because I feel like that's what it is. It's shining a light on something and just be like, hey, like this is no place here. Like I, I remember how taboo it was or to like be like, I've struggled with pornography. And it's like, uh, like I'm, I, I struggle, you know what I mean? Like I struggle with lying. I struggle with like whatever you might struggle with. I feel like it's... God is not a God of shame. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, well, we can why, why can't you be open? And it's like, either you want to still live in that or you're ashamed. And it's like, well, there is no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus, there's no shame, guilt, fear. Well, there's a little fear of God, but not fear of, of that because you're forgiven. And it's like, I feel like that's what, I feel like confession gets this bad rap of it's like, oh, it's like embarrassing to be like, hey, like I, like, cursed out my parents and it's like yeah you shouldn't do that well You're and you should be embarrassed yeah. you should be embarrassed but also like these are this is this the steps to resumption you say nine hell marys and <laughs> you work your way there because uh <laughs> you have to be baptized christ's first. grace is only good enough for something and then when you die you have, to, you have to go to purgatory burn off that extra stuff <laughs> exactly yeah, like, yeah. no no, no yeah. but i feel like it's just like it, you should be a, there should be this level of like healthy of, shame like, healthy Guilt. Uh, yeah, conviction. Guilt. Conviction is yes. the word. I, th- I think shame is unbiblical. Um, shame is when you let guilt fester and it yeah. becomes your identity. But it, you you have guilt, it, which is a good thing. That's your conscience being like, hey, this is no good, which the Bible says that what's in Romans where it's like we have our his word written on our hearts so that we have no or we are without excuse. Like we see the glory Romans of him. And his, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like confession has gotten a bad rap where it's like this thing for people to like shame you. And it's like not for people to shame you. Like we confess to each other every week and it's like, it's not to shame, but it's just to be like, hey, that's not cool. Yeah, you, we're, well, Iron sharpens iron and 
sorry, I'll just mention yeah. this and then I'll and iron sharpens iron. People like a lot. It's not easy. Iron sharpens iron. I don't know if you look know what that looks like. If you've ever seen two knives sharpened, it does not like look like a like it's like sparks and it's like it's not a fun process. Not an easy not process. It's not fun, but it creates something useful. It creates something good. It creates something beautiful. Metal on metal. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be sparks. There's going to be anger. There's going to be tension. But you set your eyes on Christ and then that's the goal. So you find guys, find girls, find girls, guys, find guys, not together till you're in a place where you can be in a relationship. Um, but like guys find good guys, girls find good girls. And it's like, and then pursue Christ together wholeheartedly. Yeah. That's one of the things that's we say in the group. group. We say do, if, yeah. like, no matter what, like we say in the group is like, we're just a bunch of guys going towards Jesus. And if you're off in that, we're going to say, we're going to get you back in the, in the line, like in the we'll march. We'll drag you. Yeah. yeah. We'll drag, drag you. We'll do whatever you, it takes. But it's like, you got yeah. that commitment. But I think we do this thing in the church where we're like, oh, if you don't say anything, I won't say anything. Like, I know I've got my things. You've got your things. Let's just not a, like it's unbiblical. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we do that thing and it's like it's so unhealthy. And that's why we have a, a, a church that looks exactly like the world. And that's mm. what you get if you act like the world and you don't like we are the ones who have had victory over sin through Christ. Like we should be the ones who are saying, no, we're going to leave it all out in the open. We're not afraid to like be open with each other. We're like going to let whole... it be our testimony. Yeah. If the I Holy... won, we won. Yeah. Like, you won. You, we, we beat that. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. you might still struggle, but it's like, we've been given the gift to be able to struggle. Like I won. I don't have those chains on me anymore. Like yeah. I don't have to walk around with that burden because Christ took it. He asked for it. It's the worst trade. It's the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. <laughs> Christ took our guilt, our shame, our sin, our death. And exchange that for life and freedom and forgiveness. And it's like so much of us, we live under this cloud like we didn't get that. And you know what I mean? It's like or it's something a, we can do. If you hit like a buzzer beater shot in a game, but somebody else, like, well, you didn't hit it. But anyway, you would never walk around like you, you'd never be like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody about the game. It'd be like, no, like this, this is guy just I hit, won. Hit I win. Like screw yeah. I win. And like Christians, there is what's that song? Victory in Jesus? It's like we we can't. There's victory in yeah. Jesus. And yeah. we don't have to walk around with that shame and guilt. Because when we do, and we walk around in the darkness and we live life alone, who wins? Not only does it create a bad testimony to others, but it, it reveals your lack of faith in Christ. Like you think he missed he messed up on you? Like how how special are you? How special do you think you are? That your that your sin is worse than someone oh else's my. sin. Yeah, there's exactly. No, Seriously, there's yeah. no uh, temptation that has overtaken you that is not, not common, common to man. man. Yeah. yeah, people are like, oh man, I'm just nobody so... else struggles with this. Yeah, you it's don't like, know what I've been through. And that's the same thing. I've been like, oh, my struggles are so different, and that's one of the things. That's such a lie. That's a lie straight from the the pit of hell because everyone goes through like this generally similar things and that and, doesn't mean people's circumstances aren't no a hundred percent but, but i'm it's saying like, yes the devil is not overtly creative he has like five good pitches and it's like lust anger laziness lying lying yeah. pride pride pride, pride is almost rooted in every Gluttony, single yeah. sin i would say every single um sin. but it's like he throw really that's his main pitch is like pride is like fastball but down that's the what middle, that's pride. what i'm saying you're like oh man you don't struggle like i struggle and it's like it's the same thing that's it's still prideful to same, say that exactly it's yeah. all the same thing the devil is not overtly creative yeah um but yeah 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. Like you have to ha- like you have to have that because God is God is three in one. He's the it's the Trinity, so He has communion within Himself. So we as if Christ lives in us, then we need to have communion with the, what? Do you, is that not accurate? <laughs> no, 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 no. Communion. <laughs> I was just thinking of like Jesus trying to open one of those little <laughs> communion cups and be like, Dad, I can't open it. <laughs> That was the picture that was in my head while you were saying they have community. Don't worry, son. It's just styrofoam anyways. Yeah. <laughs> son, we're Catholic. Just uh, take a bite out of yourself. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, you were saying... But, like, that's the same thing. Like, we have... Like, if the Bible says it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Like, if you are saved, Amen. you have the Holy Spirit. So that communion, like, it's not of, like, Hunter and Kyle... It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to even be able to do this in the first place. So it's like, yeah. if we just submit ourselves and like submitting yourself, because the Bible says confess to one another. So if we, it all goes back. Like if you just submit every area of your life to the Bible, those things are just going to, they're going to happen. Yeah. Like it's not, you don't have to try harder. You don't have to like surrender <clears throat> more. Yeah. You have to give up more saying I can't do it because you can't, you, I mean, if okay. you, there's no. I mean, we it, say pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but but it's not. Yeah. What the, the what's the? Oh, he's the potter with the clay, but there's the verse about the like the broken vessels, and that's how he like. It's like until you humble yourself, like you're not really gonna get anywhere. And yeah. It's like humbling yourself before God is what it takes to to get anywhere. Yeah. Um. I think one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible is that is the. Uh, is a pot it's that potter's vessel it's like yeah i'm paraphrasing the, the passage but we are completely broken god has put us back together you can still see the cracks but we're we're together we are a vessel and god is choosing to pour himself out through us into the world yeah even though you we have so many scars that you can clearly see and to the world those scar- scars are our testimony yeah. that's what draws the world to christ is is our kindness is our love that comes out of the fact that we've been freed from sin and death yeah and it's i think a lot of this goes back to everything we've talked about everything we've touched on today i feel like touches on the same point of like that bible verse i'm really bad with quoting exact verses but that bible verse that talks about um in everything you do do it to the honor do it to the glory of christ and it's like whether that's disciplining your kids whether that's pursuing a career whether that's pursuing a college whether that's pursuing a spouse whether that's pursuing a group of guys whether that's confessing or forgiving or repenting like everything all things you do do it to the glory of god and like then you'll you'll be all set and it's like i've heard it said before uh, like People live compartment. They're compartmentalized oh, Christians. Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's like compartmentalized Christianity. It's like Christ has. He's got a lot of days. You know what I mean? He's got Sunday mornings. He's got Wednesday nights. He's got uh, Friday midday Bible study. Like, but he doesn't have your life. And it's yeah. like Christ doesn't want compartments. He doesn't want pieces. He doesn't want sections of your life. You're all in. Like the Bible says, count your costs before you pick up your cross. Like count what it's going to cost you to pursue Christ. But you pursue Christ every single day. You pick up your cross. What does it say? Pick up your cross when you feel like it, I think is the verse. (laughs) Pick up your cross daily. Every single day you are surrendering your life. And People don't like to surrender and people don't like to be told what to do. They like to do things when they want it, how they want it, 
with whom they with want. whom they want it with. However, you know what I mean? How, no matter the money it costs or the guilt it costs, whatever it costs, they're just going to do what they want. And it's like, that is totally opposite. Like people get so turned off when, when they hear us, the Bible say that we're like uh, servants or slaves to Christ. And it's like, no, that's, that's what you're signing. You're signing up to surrender your will to Christ. That's being a slave, surrender your will to another. And it's like, that's what, when I, I didn't actually sign up to be a Christian, you know what I mean? I just confessed to Christ and asked him to be my savior, but that's what you're signing up for. You're signing up to surrender your life in everything. And like I said, people get so turned off with that, like slave or servant words. I'm not a servant. It's like, yes, you are. Like, that's what you're signing up for. You're signing up to give up your bodily autonomy. And give it to Christ. Seriously. Well, and also something is going to take the place of Christ. Like some people, your God is nicotine or your God is weed or your God is alcohol or your God is money. And it's like, if it's not Christ, it's going to be your God some... is government. Yeah. What, whatever the highest yeah. thing you value is your, the your climate is yeah. your, your Mother God Earth. in your life. And like, we act like, how dare you? <laughs> and it's like, have how you ever, you? have, have you ever tried to quit an addiction on your own? And it's like, yes, you, you can't, you can't. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Um, I like your point about the compartmentalized Christianity. Christianity. Yeah. And it's like, we do this thing where like, we have like a list of things that are important to us. And it's like, oh, well, God is first. And I'm like, oh, like my family is second. And it's like, no, it's a web. It should be a, like more it's, like a web. God, God is in, God is, is in my family. family. God, God is, is in, in my job. God is in. And I think we do that. Yeah. And I don't think we're always conscious of it. Like we say God first. Like, it's just like a. A thing. Exactly. But also I do, like, that's how the majority of us live is as if God is first, you know, he gets my, like, first attention. And a lot of times it's not our first attention. But then and everything else, it's like. Yeah. Second, third, fourth, and fifth, we just forget about him. You know, like everything else. Yeah. And it's like, did God really create the universe for us to only worship him one day out of the week? Like, is that really? Kind of doubt that. Sunday was supposed to be the day of rest where we, where we got to spend the most time with God. But now it's. Well, also it was originally Saturday. Because we should have church what? on Saturday. Whatever. But now it's the day where we, you know, we spend only, uh, we only spend Sunday with God. For like an hour and a half. And if yeah. church service goes 15 minutes over, Ooh, man, this pastor's I'm angry, taking too long. Cause because I got to go to the store so I can get home so football. I can go watch football. Watch football. Oh, can we get into that? How we worship sports and everything? Not you. You got to worship somebody. You yeah. got to worship something. This myth that you can worship nothing. Yep. You worship yourself as your God, or you worship an athlete, or Taylor Swift, Charlotte, um, whoever it might be. Gosh, that was a really weird cough I had there. You're gonna worship something. If you don't worship Christ, you're going to your your devotion is going to be given to something. Yeah, there's a quote by a uh, he's like a theologian. I think he's a politician too. G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton, you know him? <laughs> That's not a real guy. That's a guy. It's a real G.K. guy. G.K. Chesterton. You've never heard of G.K. Chesterton? It's he's a guy. You've he, never he heard quote. of G.K. Chesterton. No, no, he was he was a writer and yes. he was not a theologian. I thought he was. He was not a theologian. Well, okay, I was wrong. Anyway, he, he, he had a, a good quote. In, he had a good quote, England. and it's that like Tell if me you about his quote. he pre, he preceded C.S. Lewis. He's incredible. Continue, anyway, we're nerding out. But um, he's um, he said. Now I forgot the quote. He said um, if you if you give up God, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in nothing. You believe in anything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! If you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in something, uh, I know the that's quote. what yeah, it yeah. is. That's if you don't. Believe he also he also nuts. said what don't quote. He also said don't be so open minded that your brains fall out. That's the same. It's the same concept. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. 
Yeah. But it's I just we're talking about Mr. Chesterton. So I thought it was Chester Nuts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Chestnut. That's who it was. <laughs> we're getting off the track. Oh, the son's a liberty, dude. Liberty Biberty. Liberty, liberty Biberty. biberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance. This is a sponsor video. Is that not, not a sponsor? Not, not a sponsor. Not we can't a sponsor, but reach out. Stop donating to Planned Parenthood, and then we might consider having you as a sponsor. Hunter's gonna need insurance after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Golly. nice. That's, <laughs> it's like the volume just go. That <laughs> just peaked everything. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh. gosh! How long has this been? It's been like. It's all that. A little over an hour. We've done well. I think we could go more. Do, do we want... What is... Okay. What's on our hearts? What's, what's on... We, what's the okay. groanings the, we, of our spirit? The gro- <laughs> we could talk about... You, well, you just brought up speaking in tongues. We could talk about that. <laughs> we could talk <laughs> about... College we could to go tongues. back to the flat earth. We could talk about debt. We could talk about dating and relationships. Could I hit, could I hit the, the flat earth just to comment? Sure, of course. The yeah. dating and relationships. We could go there. We could make that another podcast because we could go for a good long while. But the the flat earth people hear the words uh, flat earth or, or whatever. That's another not about the flat earth, but about people have just bought so many things, and it's like, how dare you question vaccines? Like like oh, so many people believe that. And it's like I don't give a flying frick. Like it, like you hear <laughs> you hear people say that, and you're like, well, everybody believes that. And it's like, well, is that your standard? That that's your standard. It's like people and this is the point i made earlier about the parents and they just compartmentalize of like oh they parent in this area and the bible rules this area but it's like i feel like and i'm not saying the earth is flat i don't actually not actually sure about that we'll, we'll table that conversation <laughs> but it's like it's like you mentioned something and you're like i don't think that's biblical and it's like oh i've been doing this forever it's like well that's kind of my point like you shouldn't be, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it's like the, what's the, the call, the Berean call to like question everything off scripture. But that also means you're questioning everything with scripture. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, I feel like we do a lot of things and we just strike it as normal. Like even just some of the music we listen to in the songs. And it's like, like I was listening to a country song and somebody pointed out that the country song was not what i realized that it was about what's that song oh it's like i i'm not what i used to be party or, like a bad no, road well, that one's that also one, not okay that one's not cool either but no once they're married like, it was like i'm not as good as i once was and i was talking once. about like not good things in that song and they're just like and it we just accepted so much of like you see some of the outfits people put on or some of the ways people talk and it, we our culture has just accepted things as like oh yeah well I'm dressing modest for a Christian. And it's like, yeah, for people walking around naked, like that's not the, I guess my point is the world's not our standard. And I, yeah. the Bible got is our say, standard. It's the weird cultural thing that the one thing that just, it's so weird to me. Girls will wear bikinis, but it's essentially just wearing your underwear in public. Yeah. But like that's culturally then, acceptable because it's, you're on a beach and it's a technically a quote bathing suit. But then like, but like Christian, if it was your actual undergarments, it's like, but then, like Christian girls will wear like, like full cover bikinis, where it's like not <laughs> like, like. What does that even mean? The standard is like the, the standard is here, in, and I'm not talking about specific, but I, I'm talking about like language and clothes and so many things, and it's like the world standards here, so we're like just above the world, and I feel like we do it in so many things. Yeah, of like we're just 
slightly better than the world. And it's like, that is not the call of what we're supposed to. So this is the, about the flat earth. It's like, I feel like our standard is like, oh, well, this is what society does. And it's like, that's not, you are missing the mark so wildly. The standard isn't what society believes or what society does. What does the Bible have to say about it? And start there. True. If you don't start there, in, in, I'm not saying that like the Bible's your only source for anything, but but my so my point isn't actually about what we started talking about. But my point is like so many people are so up, turned off by things or appalled by things because society has accepted it for so long. And if you go a hundred years back, society would never have accepted, accepted any it. of the things that we're doing. Exactly. Basically. So that's my True. point. They would accept the the round Earth. Potentially. Because no, they would have. The the we'll round see. earth was not created by the American right. well, government. We don't no, have to let me let me let me uh, say go ahead. That. It but was, then I want to respond. It's the globe. It was first the, the globe. Lie. The globe was first um proven by Aristotle. Um proposed. Through, proposed whatever, mathematical experience uh, experiments. So it was it precedes like I understand. Aristotle wasn't you're, a Christian. You're, you're right, but it precedes. But I'm not um, I was just it just made me. Yes, no. but you can like understand observable truths about the world regardless of no, if you I personally know. accept. I wasn't talking about the butterfly. It just made me Christ. think of something because like it, like the vaccines is a great one. People are like, oh, you don't believe in vaccines? Come on, everybody believes in that. And it's like, well, like, let's follow the actual evidence. I don't believe in our, okay, of, if we're talking about vaccines, I don't believe in our medical system. The idea, idea of vaccines vaccine is not bad. Immunization is it's, actually what it is. Inoculation, isn't that the word? I'm pretty sure that's Oculus Rift? Inoculation. Unbiblical. <laughs> no inoculation. It's like you give somebody the small amount of the yeah. disease so their body yeah. can. It started with cowpox. Actually, the guy who invented it. He gave a uh, this person a, a tiny, tiny bit of of uh, cowpox because a lot of people were dying of that. It was a child, I think, and then they didn't never got infected. I think is how it worked. I read mm. about it in a science book, but um, yeah, inoculation. But the point that the action of immunizing someone against a disease by introducing infective material. I can't believe you just remembered that, dude. That's incredible. Good big brain. Big reading. Brain. That's a book I read uh, when I was like eight. I remember I was reading at a college level when I was like eight, to your point. Really? <laughs> yeah, don't read little kids' books. They're boring. They yeah. are boring. The it's story like, was no good. You're just like asking yourself, you're just, the parents are asking your children to stay stupid or longer. Like, why do you want how about you, don't you want your kids to grow up and like think adult things and like, you know, think for themselves? And When mind. I was a child, I thought, I thought like a, a child. child. I spoke like a child. But when I, I put away my childish ways. I put away my childish things. There you go. Put no, but I think the point is like not, well, you weren't making a Legos, specific uh, point about the flat earth. You're just saying in general, like, Legos are yeah. gay. Are they? I feel like they're gay. I feel like the company did something kind of gay. I think Minecraft's gay. Isaac, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Isaac's gay. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> no, but yeah, my point but, was just that people people are so willing to just accept what, and that's why I brought up the clothes or the language. Or the well, music. and even like people are just so willing to accept what society accepts, yeah. and that was my point: is yeah. that we shouldn't just be so easy. And maybe you draw a conclusion pretty quick of like, yeah, nope, Earth not flat, cool. But it's like people are so willing to just accept what society accepts. And it's like we are called to not be of the world. So it's like why are you – why is your standard? Why is your starting line True, but world? I think if if Christians – if it becomes the, um, the predominant view in Christianity to deny the most basic mathematical fact probably in the universe, it looks pretty bad 
to the rest of the world. But that's I'm not talking about that point at all. Like literally at all. I just, okay, but like you keep bringing it up as an example. No, no. But then not wanting to talk about no, it. No, but because it just made me think of it because like when I first I, the. I don't know, the idea that peop- everybody who believes that is, like, so- a moron. Like, I think there are a lot of smart people who believe that. And For sure, yeah. they, their evidence yeah, is just lead them. Exactly. They're the people who I was describing earlier. They're, they're the sort of people that you want your kid to grow up to be like. Exactly. They, they question the system. So that is, they ask questions that is my point. That's why I'm bringing that up as an yeah. example. Not to say that that is, that is true, but it's, like, question things. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times Christians don't question enough things, whether that be the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they act. And I will say it force when you have question askers, even if it's something as simple as I'm going to go back to it, flat earth. Yeah. Like the I I believe I think that's pretty clear. I believe the earth is round. Same. Um, <laughs> but when but if you asked me to, I could not give you a mathematical reason. I couldn't give you a formula. I couldn't give you a for sure a surefire proof. Um, I'm just trusting what I've heard. However, I know there are people who can give you that. And I've heard people give, I've heard, you know, heard videos and, and from uh, academics and experts and scientists say, uh, give, trust experts. give these things. Trust um, the science. Still wearing a mask. So, <laughs> Dr. Fauci tells you to wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear them all the time. Dr. Anyway. Fauci, did you see he introduced seat belts for outside of your car? <laughs> 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 is that a Babylon B thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I saw it somewhere. But anyways, it forces when when people ask questions, it's, it forces you to refine your arguments because there aren't really a lot of people. Most people couldn't really tell you why that couldn't prove to you that the Earth is round. So when people ask, "Hey, the Earth might be flat," or you, they challenge the the round Earth theory, it forces uh, the people who actually do know that the Earth is round and can prove it to you. It forces them to teach people. And that's a that's a biblical principle of be ready to give an answer when you're asked. Yeah. Like that is so much of, of what we talk about boils down to what the Bible says, but it's like that's a biblical thing is to be prepared to give an answer. And if you're not, to be willing to admit that. Like, hey, I'm not sure on this. Like, let me get back to you. And like having that humility. But that's biblical to, to be like, be ready to defend what you believe. And if you don't, then and some and you're asked on it, who Put knew? together an answer for that. Who knew, know? like, a 2,000-year-old book that was just written by a bunch of, like, cavemen? Like, who knew that it could be okay. right? I was so confused when I was, like, five or six. This is the parents' thing about what to teach your kids. My parents did a wonderful job, clearly. Um, <laughs> but I was so confused when I was, like, five years old because I was like, Adam and Eve were the first people. But cavemen were the first people? <gasps> so... What? How like, did that happen? How, what? I was so confused whether Adam and Eve or cavemen were first because I was like, everybody tells me that cavemen were the first people. Adam and Eve were the first people. And I was just like, Who's right? Who was right? But that was my. What's more plausible that cavemen, cavemen evolved from fish over the course of billions of years, or a loving God created two people? Well, I I don't know. Every time I shake up my Legos, they just build. I know. That that typically does happen. (laughs) When I set off a grenade, (laughs) it creates beautiful. It creates an eighth wonder of the world. (laughs) Uh, But no. But what what, we we got on a tangent there about flat Earth. But then actually we're talking about think for yourself, but not actually like see what the Bible has to say about things. Question. Question everything. Quorum Deo. Quorum Deo. Is that what it is? 
that's like living well, I'm saying, everything well, under the blanket of Christ. It's in the same thing. Living in the in the aura of Christ. In the lens, no, in the eyes. Do we question everything? Let's because that's an extreme. I would say to question literally everything. Is that our job? Because I think we would drive it. Because okay. we can never we can question, question everything, everything. Because you would drive yourself insane. Because we won't be able to find an answer for everything. This is true. Um, like there are some things you just have to trust. Love and trust, well, baby. <laughs> you can you can question and not get an answer and move on from that. There's That's a lot true. of things that I want to know the answer to, like why did the Clintons kill Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, why did Jeffrey Epstein hang himself? <laughs> um, I don't have, but even like there's political questions that I have that I don't have the answer to, and you have to accept like, hey, I'm not going to have the answer to this. But I think it's a generally good principle to question most things. You have to be okay with not being able to obtain the answer and not being obsessive. The Bible tells us to not like like uh, reside on uh, like foolish, un unbeneficial disputes. So it's like not to get lost in the sauce, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't think it's a bad principle to sort of question things and not just accept things. It's like, well, why? Even to the point we're talking about, you want kids who grow up in, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Okay. And like, you should be able to let things go, but I think it's a general good principle to question most things, unless you're at work and your boss tells you to do something listen unless your boss is a, a moron then don't listen but, and the thing is too, like you have to question it with like the right attitude of actually wanting to like be willing to be wrong yeah too because i think that's one of the things where like if you come to a conclusion about something like that's it and like that thing can't like becomes the thing that can't be questioned. you tweet it once and you can't change your opinion yeah like you were it'll a be dug up years later and used against you like you were a believer in the round earth and then you converted to the correct view. Well, and then there's a there's a guy that I listen to all the time, and I think it ha he's it, he's got a couple quotes that I love. But one of his main uh, one of his favorite quotes is he's like he, people will like give him a hard time for like switching his opinion, and he's like, "I'd rather be right than first. And it's like that's so good. That's so simple. It, but it's good. like it's like he's like there's all these people, and they keep their first opinion, and I first. And it's like, but you're wrong. Like you're you're wrong, and he like might change his opinion, but he's like I was wrong, and uh, why would I stay being wrong? Why would I double down on wrong? He's like I'd rather be right than, than yeah. first, well, slow to speak. Biblical. I think I guess if you want to get really like I like zooming out a lot, like at the end of the day, like so many things come down to whether there is a God or not, basically. So that like if you have to start with. At some level, like you have to start with, like there is a God, therefore all these things. Because if there is no God, then all the things that we talk about are just meaningless. Like they don't actually, like we're just molecules bumping into molecules. Like what makes your molecule more right than my molecule? Oh, there's a line in a song. It's so good. Levi the poet. It's awful music, but it's great. And it's like it's like oh, the quote. It's such a good quote, and it's to the point you're talking about about the molecules. And it's like he's like the molecules that create the tree are the same molecules that create everything. And he's basically just like, and no thinking can bring any more beauty to it. Why is it beauty? You know what I mean? It's like all the same. It's all yeah. Christ. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why that has to be like the, like we can question everything, but like question everything with Christ as the foundation. Like if you leave that out, cause like, that's when you have like, well, like, Oh, like, or should we let our, and the thing is we should let Christ be questioned because he has, there's an answer to everything. And so, but if you're going off Unless of like you're a Mormon, <laughs> but if you're going off like what does Kyle think, like basing it off of what what Kyle's Kyle thinks, contradict himself and Kyle's yeah. going to mess up. But that's if that if Christ is your foundation, then you won't be disappointed in the promise. Amen, Isaac. <laughs> we're speaking. We're preaching to Isaac. 
this whole podcast. Hey, Amen. He's probably going to be our only viewer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're still here, <laughs> Isaac, thank you. Thank you for watching. This is this is this has been fun, guys. This is a good fun guy. Thanks for having Again, me. If we get fun, uh, next, I thought you were gonna make gotta, a mushroom. We gotta pun. have your, who's your last guest, Jordan? Jordan. 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 I actually don't know exactly when this is gonna be posted, but we did have our other buddy Jordan. That's okay. The should be four boys dating relationship podcast. Dude, Coming good idea. A world near you. A world because we are experts. Yeah, the three we're of you <laughs> the three <laughs> The three of you guys talk about your relationships and I talk about my singleness. Yes. Well, we could just—I'm probably <laughs> to do something. <laughs> All right. No, um, but anyways, we gotta close it up. With we the do one gotta thing, close it up. Wrap up shop. At the end of the day, I'm gonna say this every podcast: Christ is Lord. That's the one thing. Like, if we say stupid things, probably sometimes. I'm sure we've said a lot of stupid things, but we also do self-aware. I'm self-aware, self-aware idiot, and um, Christ is Lord. That's Amen. the the goal of our podcast is to to make Christ be known to whoever's watching, and if that's what you get out of it, that's what we want, and we hope that God will do that through our um, words. So awesome! This has been awesome. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask how you guys usually close out. Do you well, we usually I was... do a little gospel, gospel. We bring the gospel out in the end. Jesus is Lord. I feel like it's been woven throughout the entire thing. It, that we have um, yeah. talked about. So, I'm, happy I'm just going to end this, boys. Guys, my name is Sam Mealing. I'm Hunter Young. I'm Kyle Shaughnessy. And we are the Sons, Sons of Liberty. Thanks <laughs> for watching, Isaac. Let's go. Thanks, Isaac.